Gridiron Grinder, Hut Hut Hike. All right, we're rolling. It's Friday night, Gridiron Grinder time. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is my buddy James. Just a couple of dudes hanging out, talking about what's going on in the NFL each week. Uh, this is episode 170 of Gridiron Grinder. And for tonight, we're going to kick things off with Name That Stadium. Then we're going to cover the news from this past week. After that, we're going to give you guys our Week 15 Power Rankings and Game Picks, and then we're going to close it off with our Question of the Week. And so, yeah, with all that being said, how's it going tonight, James? It's going good. How's it going with you? Uh, Pretty good, man. Just jamming away and, you know, like I was telling you, a little pancake breakfast this morning at the school, yada, yada, fall to sleep on the couch, almost missed the show, but we're here and we're rolling, man. Yeah, that's... You know, me, I don't have that break between, so it's like like I get done with the work, I have have a little bit of time, don't have enough time to lay down and fall asleep. Yeah, you just got to get jamming, man, yeah. So uh, a little good, a little bad for me. You know, it's nice to have that break, but also uh, apparently I abused it. So, <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, you woke up early and you're just getting off of, off of a bad cold, so. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the pneumonia was kind of a bitch, but... Uh, yeah, feeling a lot better, even though, even though I sound a little groggy, that's just cause I was sleeping, but, uh, yeah, man, whenever you're ready, James, why don't you do a little name that stadium for us? All right. I'm going to try this one a little differently. I'm going to start it off with telling everyone I'm in Buffalo and see what happens, but so <laughs> just throwing it out there. So, you know, as you can see, I'm traveling around to this week to Buffalo to, um, different stadiums that host NFL games and, uh, your first person guess guess is right. You get an extra special shout out. We'll rewind it. Um, you can rewind your whole bookmark it. You can rewind it, watch it over and over again, show your friends how smart you are. Um, maybe someday if we ever are able to monetize this, we might have swag, but yeah, yeah that's, that's a long way based on our subscriber subscriber list. Um, but anyways, last week I was in Dallas for Philly at Dallas. I thought it was going to be a good game. I, didn't think it was that good of a game after after watching it, but I yeah. thought it was going to be the best, probably the best or most interesting game of the week. Um, but hey, sometimes you get it wrong, and and I'm going to a Dallas game again this week. So there you go. I told you three times <laughs> what I am. Somebody fucking guess because we haven't had anyone guess in a long time. All right, so let's see. I just want to check our site while we're talking about it because um yeah like at the one point i think you know the monetization we had made like something like oh 38 cents or something and so after all this time let's see if i can find that where that where it shows that oh man it's not much it's not much where is it at Yeah, but you're just giving it away, hoping we'll get some taker. And, oh, we're up to 43 cents. Yay! Ooh, yes! Uh, but you got to have 100 bucks before they'll pay it out. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know what that what that pace is out to. 200 years from now, something like that, we'll get 100 yeah. bucks. We'll be in good shape. So Something like that. Yeah, holy cow, 43 cents, man. So we haven't had any earnings since... September, we made four cents. Dang. Wow. 
I guess it's been pretty pretty rough for us this regular season. And oh, no November 2021, that was our big winner. Oh, I'm sorry. May 2021, that was our big winner. 6 cents. Ooh. Yeah, so I'm not sure what video did it, but something from May 2021 was we're going to have to revisit that. So Yeah, we'll have to have to go back and figure that one out. Yeah, in the off season, we'll go digging it up and we'll just keep hitting the button for that episode, you know, and if we get 6 cents a month, man, oh boy. We'll be there before you know it. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe in your kid's lifetime. Jeez, yeah, and then uh, on YouTube, children's lifetime. Yeah, we ended up losing a couple subscribers, right? So we're down to like sixty-six, and I think you got to have a thousand subscribers before YouTube will monetize your channel. So, so that ain't working. Yeah, what can you do? Well, you know, didn't just keep keep doing the show and keep having fun, right? Didn't really start to start doing this for. To monetize it. Well, I mean, hopefully monetize it, but... No, but it would have been a nice it, little bonus, but, it, you know, more, it was more for it fun. Is we enjoy it, so... Yeah, exactly. It's a good excuse to hang out and talk about football. Uh, all right, so, James, why don't we do a little recap of the past week? And so, um, man, I just noticed, which would make sense now that I've seen your, your picks, is that C.J. Stroud is still in the concussion protocol, Mm -hmm. uh, and so he's listed as doubtful for this weekend. I, I just assumed he would have been cleared by now, but, um, well, that's a bummer. That sucks. So, um, man, he, he's been having one heck of a season too. So did he get hurt early in that game or late in that game? Because I, I know he had like almost no stats or like no, no, like... you know, no yards or touchdowns or whatever. You know, honestly, I don't don't remember. Okay. I like I remember seeing it, but I don't remember when it was. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's strange, right? Because um, this could have been like one of the rare years where a rookie could like potentially be in the MVP race, right? Mm -hmm. Because he was leading the league in passing yards per game. Uh, he was really efficient with his touchdowns to interceptions. And then uh, you look at a lot of the other big-name quarterbacks. Mahomes is having a down year. Herbert out for the season. Um, you know, Tua started off hot, and then he fell off. You know, like, it just um, – and then even with, like, Josh Allen, a ton of touchdowns, but, like, a million turnovers. And mm -hmm. so it was like, wow, man, it was like a really a wide-open race. And then, like, last week – a lot of the people that I've been watching, they were saying, oh, because of all this, it's going to be the rare year that a wide receiver gets it, and Tyreek Hill would have been the guy. And then go figure, he got hurt last weekend, and so now that's in jeopardy. And so, um, but who knows, man? I don't know. It's almost like, um, you know, if if none of these work out, it's I, what do you do? You're just going to give it to Josh Allen because of all the touchdowns probably? Oh, man, I don't. You know, honestly, my leading contender contender for MVP right now, and this is going to hurt me to say, is Dak Prescott. Oh, shit. Yeah, you know what? You're right, because they, they did start out of the gate kind of slow, but they have been on fire 
and they've been leading the league in scoring for however mm-hmm. many weeks. They were averaging something like 42 points a game at home or something. I mean, dude, yeah, that's – um, yeah, shit, man. I forgot about Dak, man, because, yeah, they've been on a terror. Yeah, like, outside of that, I don't know. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, two is still leading – Leading in passing yards. It's Tua Stroud, Purdy, then Dak, and Sam. Wow, Sam Howell's that fucking high? Oh, yeah. Sam Howell's throwing a ton of yards, but. Um, but no touchdowns, really. Yeah, the touchdowns haven't been there. Uh, who's leading in total QBR? Brock Purdy's leading in QBR. Yep. Yeah, and that's tough because. I like Purdy, and I think he should be in the conversation. But so many people discount him for the Shanahan system, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on, you still got to be good to, you know, perform that well within the system, right? So <laughs> he's just getting dogged, man. And then, of course, they've got, you know, and then, like, the other argument is, oh, well, McCaffrey really carries that offense right now, and that takes a lot of weight off of Purdy and you know, any quarterback could be doing what he's doing. I disagree, dude. I think he's like one of these rare Mr. Irrelevant picks that mm-hmm. it's like the perfect fit in the perfect place and it's working incredibly well. Yeah, like like if you look at look at Dax Dak's um stats this year, he has sixty nine point three percent completion uh completion percentage, thirty five hundred yards, twenty eight touchdowns, six interceptions. Yep, that's probably taking the cake. Yeah, and they're they're like you know, in in it for the number one seed in the NFC, which is going to be a factor when people make that pick too, right? So yeah, exactly. And outside of him, like I struggled to find, like outside of him, like number two for me would would be would be Hill. Like yeah, oh yeah, and I mean if Tyreek Hill didn't get hurt last week. Uh, I would have been totally comfortable making that case for him because he was on pace still for over 2,000 yards, right? Yeah, like, I think he still is. Yeah, I guess it just depends on how much time is he going to miss now, right? You know, is he going to play this weekend? I, I I didn't even get an update on him. I just heard it was uh, not a good, uh, whatever it was, leg injury or whatever, ankle. See, I heard it wasn't... You heard it wasn't bad? wasn't bad like he's he's questionable okay yeah and that usually means they're playing right so yeah that usually means they're playing so he this year uh where the fuck is that let's go to this so he's averaging no it's not average Man, fuck! I'm just gonna have to do this. Do this. Yeah, do the math, man. Do the math. So he's played in 13 games. Well, yeah, but you gotta you gotta say, oh, because they had a bye. Yeah, I was gonna say make sure you add last week, right? But uh, yeah, he's averaging 119 yards a game. Okay. Dang, I thought it was higher. Well, I guess he started off with like 220 or something. And so he yeah. kind of tailed off a little bit. And then last week he had like almost nothing, right? So, 
Um, yeah, that makes it harder to get there, but it can still happen, you know? It just can and even I have get four games left. He's on pace for, of course I did. Did it in the cell that I couldn't fucking read. Let me try that again. This times four plus one five four two. He's on pace for just over two thousand yards. Yeah. Well, let's see what he can do. I'd like to see him get it, man. You know, I know like being from Detroit, a lot of people are like, No way, man, Calvin Johnson, this, that, whatever. That's fine. I mean, you know. The Megatron thing was that was a great year, but uh, Tyree Kill's been freaking crazy electric too. So, you know, if he gets it, good for him, man. Yeah, but the disparity between how that offense looks with him on the field versus with him not on the field yeah. is is one of the things where it kind of pushes it a little bit over the edge for me. Oh yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I did hear a lot of people talking about Mostert. You know, him having like 16 or whatever rushing touchdowns and, you know, how uh, that offense is just so good. Uh, but I agree with you. When Tyreek's off the field, it does change a lot of what they do, man. Mm-hmm. Like the, against Tennessee, like this past week, like that offense was dead in the water without him on the field. Yeah, geez, that was a surprise. I go, oh, did I just leak a surprise game of the week? <laughs> maybe possibly so, possibly yeah uh, i don't know it's hard to tell <laughs> uh all right well yeah so keeping it moving i guess um you know i think probably the big news from the past week was the uh uh the chargers fired their head coach brandon staley and their general manager uh tom telesco and that was basically uh a follow-up to them getting their shit pushed in last night My by God. the Raiders in Thursday night football. Uh, and so we'll come back to that for our question of the week. I'll, I'll just say that I was reading an article. Not only was it a record points allowed for the Chargers, record points scored for, for the Raiders, but it was like the most points ever scored by a team that was shut out the previous week. In like the history of oh the yeah that's right because they lost <laughs> what three nothing to the freaking Vikings the week yeah, before three, three nothing that game almost became the first game in NFL history to end regulation at zero zero jeez yeah that was a bad game dude like like ironically I thought that was the most interesting game that happened last week just simply because of the fact that it's like I was intrigued to see who's going to, if anyone's going to score. Yeah. 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 You would have thought Minnesota would find a way to get it working. Right. But, um, you know, you could say the Raiders with, you know, the rookie quarterback and everything could have been streaky, but even then Minnesota with, you know, Dobbs sputtering out and then they, they turned to Nick Mullins and it's like everything got really ugly for them. And, um, yeah, just a bad game, man. Just a bad game. Uh, all right, so let's see what else we got going on news-wise. And I'm, I'm slacking here, but I'm just scrolling through NFL.com here a little bit. And so, um, so while you're scrolling, yeah. I, I, I got something. Um, did you see, I think it was Dean Blandino's comments 
about officiating in the NFL. Does it have to do with the Kadarius Tony thing? Because no. that's been huge in the news, right? That that has which Tony was offsides. Yeah, and he didn't check in with the ref, so it was on yeah. him. It's it's on him, and and from my experience of being on on a sideline of a maybe not an NFL game, the when a receiver lines up offsides, he's gonna say say, "Hey, tent, move yeah. back a little bit. Yeah, move back." And, and tell tell them because you're so far out. It it's like it's not like you're right on the ball. But yeah, but, usually the receiver like does yeah, like a hand I'm, motion I'm or the, something I'm to on, check on in. On the line or off yeah. the line, and I'm good. Yeah, yeah. And Tony didn't. That, and it's not that, like Tony's. It's not like Tony's like a rookie that's like new to the position or something, right? He's played yeah. wide receiver for a long time. It's <laughs> like, dude, you just you got to know by now. Yeah, and. See, like that, like the whole, whole shit with that is more of a, because that was a, who, that was the, the uh, Buffalo game. game. Yeah. But the week before, the officials screwed Kansas City out of the game by basically oh, Travis yeah. Kelsey being pushed down in, in the end zone in the last play, and they didn't call pass interference. It's like, like he was pushed to the fucking ground. Yeah, Mahomes got pretty pissed off about, yeah. I don't care if it's if it's a Hail Mary into the game. Like like if it's a penalty in the first fucking minute of the game, it should be a penalty in the yeah. last second of the game. You call it. And you know, it's interesting you say that, right? Because we've heard a lot about that over the years where when it comes down to crunch time, sometimes the refs just let them play that mm-hmm. shit out. And it's like um what was it, the Saints against um how did it oh, work? The yeah. Rams, the Saints yeah. against the Rams in the NFC Championship game, where yeah. where the guy like it was a clear pass interference call, which led to a season of pass interference being um, reviewable. Exactly, yeah, because you couldn't review it, and it was such like a blatantly obvious thing that they ended mm-hmm. up making it a reviewable call the next year, and it's just like holy shit, man. Yeah, and and that didn't go fucking well because. Nobody knew what the fuck pass interference was then. Yep. You would see stuff where it was yeah. clear pass interference, but but with the with Kelsey being pushed down, if you like normally on that play, yes, I agree. There's going to be bumping. There's going to be shit shit happening, but when you when it's something as blatant as that, where the guy extends his arms, the ball's going one way, and Kelsey's going the fucking other way. Yeah, like. I mean, he's not going that way because he thinks the ball is going to be deflected to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Freaking, yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's the people part of the game, man. People make mm-hmm. mistakes, and it's it's a bummer, but um, that's but just the does, reality. That does lead into what Blandino said. Okay, yeah, what'd he say? Blandino said that refs have been, I, I, want, I want to say this right. So the headline is, um, says NFL refs have been approached about manipulating games for gambling purposes. Oh shit! Okay. He said. He said we had situations where people were approached. We've always told our officials because they're in hotels, they're traveling around during the season. We don't want them wearing NFL branded gear. They want them. Yeah, to they got to be non-discreet, or they got to be discreet. Yeah. Yeah. Um. 
and they they know they're supposed to go to NFL security if something like that happens, and that has happened in the past. Yeah, I mean, I believe that, you know, because the gambling thing has gotten so widespread. Uh, if you can identify an official, I could see a lot of people putting pressure on them, right? Mm-hmm. But you got to trust that these officials are, you know, going to be high in their ethical conduct and do their job right. Well, it's it's not they apparently they fucking check up on the refs. Like this quote is so he says the NFL has so many controls in place that just to become official, they look at all of your business associations, they look look for conflicts of interest, all of that, bank accounts, everything, and there's checks during the season. And so they'll look at if a game official has ten dollars in their bank account on Friday and then they work a game, and now there's $100,000. That's yeah. a red flag. Yeah. So, you ch- yeah. so they check the fucking bank accounts, um, monitoring the betting lines, and looking at how calls impact those lines. And are there individual officials that are involved in more of those calls? Because what the league doesn't yeah. want, is, and what we never want, it was a situation like what happened in the NBA. So, I mean, I like, you know, but like the fact that somebody's saying, yeah, officials have been approached about fixing games, that leads right into like the fucking narrative with, um, with when, when like there's a bad call, everyone's like, oh, the, fish, the officials are on the take and da 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 da. Or they, they knew the spread was, was, was three and a half, so they made sure they only got a field goal or whatever. Whatever bullshit. Whatever bullshit. I'm not saying any officials do that. I, I, I've never thought thought when play when I saw bad calls that oh the, the officials must be on the take. That's why that's why yeah. they made the call. It's never been a thought that's crossed my mind. But people out there do say that. Well, if you got money on the line and it goes against you, you're gonna get a little bitter and make those accusations at some point. But mm-hmm. I'm with you, man. Like I look at it as hey, there's so many games. And uh, I think Vegas has been doing this long enough to know where to put all the lines to make the maximum amount of money. And mm-hmm. they don't need the refs to cheat to get their take, right? And so uh, uh, it's just that some of them are going to look that way because that's how the NFL is, man. Like any game can be wildly different than you think. I mean, we see it. That's why we do our surprise games of the week, right? Because mm-hmm. Some weeks it's just like, holy shit, like nobody saw that coming. Yeah, and it's like, but with it, though, I was surprised, being surprised that somebody actually can say it. Like, I think it was more of a problem before basically gambling was legal everywhere. When when it was run out of of somebody's back room um, and shit like that, and you had had the goons and mafia involved, like, what was it, uh... I forget the school. I think it was one of the um, SUNYs, uh, one of the New York schools. Might have been Stony Brook. I don't want to say it was Stony Brook, but um, back in like the 40s, 40s or 50s, um, the entire team basically was involved in a point point shaving scandal where they 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 would win the games, but they would make sure that they never went over. A certain amount, or make yeah. sure. Let's like, tone it down, guys. Yeah, one way or another, them out. slow play it. And then you had had the uh, black Scots, the black sock scandal in baseball back in what was that, the twenties, where they a 
where they apparently were paid to throw the World Series. That's nasty, man. Yeah, so so I, I don't think I think you know back when when those type of people were involved in gambling instead of like these big corporations, it was it, there was more of a risk. But now now that it's legal, basically, well, everywhere but California, basically, if you. Yeah. Basically everywhere but California, it's <laughs> less likely to occur. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Uh all right. Well let's let's get a few more things of the news. And so I've only got a couple more. One of them is um uh SoFi is gonna host the Super Bowl again, looks like mm-hmm. in twenty twenty seven. So good for them. You guys got a baller of a stadium, you might as well use it. Um and then also the NFL for the international games looks like they are doubling them starting in 2025. And next year they're adding a game to Sao Paulo, Brazil. And oh, so, I missed that. yeah, so the international stuff is, um, it's picking up steam, man. And I, I think it's cool that Sao Paulo's getting a game. You know, I, I went there once and, um, I got to watch a World Cup game there, and dude, Brazil went crazy. But of course, they're they're huge on soccer. I don't know how they'll be on football, but um, you know, doubling up in 2025, I'm sure some of the players are going to bitch about it, right? Because some of them really do not like going overseas. But um, you know, it is what it is, man. This is becoming a more and more popular sport, and that's just how it evolves, right? Mm-hmm. So. If you're going from four to eight, it's not the end of the world either. I mean, how many yeah, fucking but, football games are there, dude? 16 but, a week? <laughs> but if you go to eight, that's a home schedule for a team. <clears throat> oh, I see what you're – I see where you're going, James. I see where you're going. If you go to going. eight, that's that's a full home schedule for a team. Yeah. They're they're planting the seed, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, the seed was planted a long fucking time ago, but – yeah. Oh, yeah, now they're just, like, sticking a stake in the ground. Um, so, yeah, how do you think that that would work then? You would rotate an international team? Like, you would have them in, like, in England or something, but maybe they do a couple games in Germany and a couple games wherever, and it's just like they're, you know, they're like a floating home team over in Europe? What I've been reading is four teams. Hold the vision. So, well, all right, so then you really got to expand it. You mm-hmm. got to go from eight games to a whole heck of a lot more, right? So Yeah, so that'd be 32, but but yeah, I'm I'm what I what I've read is that if they do if they expand internationally, it'll be an international full, full division. So, because that would cut down on some of the travel back here. Yeah, and so then you're talking conference realignments because that's adding a lot of teams to the end of the league. So yeah, um, who that'd be interesting, man. Yeah, because so it'd be four. So it's like basically you're adding two to each side, right? Two to the AFC, two to the NFC. And well, you couldn't, do it, that, you couldn't do, it, do it that way. Well, that's what I'm trying to say. Is like I'm trying to figure out how you would, you know, assimilate them. Yeah. into it and realign the conferences to make it work, you know? Because what, what else are you going to do? Have there be a third conference with just those four teams, and then it's like, hey, the playoffs now are going to have 
somehow three conferences coming in. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know how, how it would work because you'd have an unbalanced, uh, you'd have a balanced discrepancy unless you did it as, I don't know. Yeah. I, I haven't I haven't figured out how it works, but how it would work. But that's what I that's what the rumors are saying is that the, that if they were to expand, they would they would put a division over there. That's why they're going they're playing games in in Germany. They're playing game games in London. Yeah. They're playing game. What's the other? They play games in Frankfurt, didn't they last year? Yeah, Frankfurt this, and Munich. Yep. Yeah, they've done Frankfurt and Munich, and they've done London, and it's kind of. It's kind of their way of gauging interest there yeah. to determine if it's a viable option. Yeah, because, I mean, if you added two per conference, you could basically go from four divisions of four to three of six, right? And then you have three divisions on each side, and you can still do, like, uh, you know, first-round playoff by and stuff like that. Um but you'd have bigger divisions, you know? So otherwise it, it, you know, I don't know how you'd do it because you'd have uneven divisions. You got to even the divisions, right? So, so I don't know. Yeah. That's not for us to worry about tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, (laughs) Moving uh, on, my head, my head, my head hurts thinking about it. Yeah. Um. So you know, this is probably lower on the priority list, but worth mentioning is that Al Michaels, longtime commentator, uh, is not going to be calling a playoff game for NBC this season, and so that's what probably the first time in a long fucking time. See, I didn't know he was supposed to, so I was like, Al Michaels was supposed to call a game for NBC this season, so. Yeah, and I didn't read the article. I just, um, I mean, I know he's been around a long time. I, I guess I just assumed he'd been calling a playoff game every year, right? I guess obviously he has. Like I, so I didn't read the full article. What the part I did read was it back in. Um, I, I want to say his Adam. His name's Adam Marchand. He's uh, for, works for the New York Post. <coughs> has a podcast. We had Michaels on in September. And so how tied in Marchand is to like like the the like sports media news, he was asking Al Michaels about rumors that he wouldn't be calling a game for NBC back in September. Gotcha. Okay. So it apparently it's not that big a deal. Like there's all sorts of, and I, I don't want to mention this. This is the only time I will bring this fucking up on this, sh- on, on this show. Apparently Al Michaels said something, some had some sort of conspiracy theory about oh, um, Taylor Swift. Oh, all right. <laughs> and they're, the Swifties they're wonder- got him. And they're wondering, and there's, there's like, um, apparently it emerged like as he 
Wasn't I don't fucking know. Okay. Yeah, so the Swifties got them canceled. Okay, so a, a conspiracy theory is is um, suggesting that he lost his playoff gig with NBC due in part to his recent comment about the attention on Swift at NFL games. Because uh, yeah, yeah, it's a whole piece of the fan base now that you can't piss them off, right? So, so, so apparently, what he said was, which I, I like it is what we're gonna do do tonight. Everything in moderation. Our crew talked about it this morning. You can't make a sideshow the show. So apparently called Taylor Swift a, a sideshow. Yeah. I don't uh, I don't think it's that bad, man, if that's all he said. Yeah. The vast majority of the audience are tuning in to watch a football game. There are people, I don't know how many, it could be a sizable number, but it's certainly not a majority that if you train the camera on her all, all night long, they'd be satisfied with that. That's not what we're going to do. <laughs> uh, well, good. Good for him. I really wish. Wait, was it? I really wish ninety-nine of those real football fans could understand showing a human. Oh, this is somebody else's comment. Okay. No, I mean, hey, you know, it drove us nuts, right? But I get it. The yeah. league wants that attention, and so they put the kibosh on him because it made waves with the Swifties. So, whatever. F that shit. Uh, all right. So, yeah, I guess aside from that, James, my last couple things here. Uh, I guess we didn't really talk about Herbert, right? So, he broke his index finger, had surgery, and he is going to be out for the season. And maybe that ties into some of the Brandon Staley stuff. We'll come back to that. Um, yeah, and Pacheco had surgery on his shoulder again. Oh, geez. I missed that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I missed that. I missed it too. Up until it's like he, he went. He obviously he's out on Sunday. He, um, it's referred to as cleanup surgery on his shoulder, um, and so he's apparently it's not. Apparently he could return to full practice next week, so it's not as bad. Yeah, but but still to have to re go through surgery obviously he's going to be out this week yep yeah uh all right yeah and then the last thing i had just real quick was uh debo samuel uh he scored his 19th rushing touchdown which sets the record for a wide receiver and so uh you know multi-purpose guy on the field um you know it, it it's nice it's good and everything right except that like it's one of those things where, what was it, like a year or two ago, where he was wanting, uh, he was pulling like a Le'Veon Bell making comments mm -hmm. about, well, I should be paid what a running back gets paid plus what a wide receiver gets paid. And it's like, no, dude, don't go there. Because, uh, you know, if anybody's getting that, it's a guy like McCaffrey who is getting it. Because, yeah, mm -hmm. he is putting up the rushing yards, the rushing touchdowns, the receiving yards and the receiving touchdowns. It's like, come on, Debo, you're not like fucking putting up 1500 rushing yards on top of your thousand receiving yards. You know, you're, you're putting up 
maybe a couple hundred and a handful of touchdowns every year. It's a totally mm-hmm. different thing, man. Yeah, I sometimes I just think that these NFL players are what's the word I'm looking for? Greedy. <laughs> are too, are well, yeah, crazy, but are too. I you know what? I'm drawing a blank on the word. Like That's okay. to, I, I was going to say something, but I, like my mind went blank with the word. Yeah, and you, you want to be yeah. politically correct with it. But, yeah. you know, and, and, and look, I want I want these guys to get what they're due, right? I mm-hmm. just want them to, be, like, live in reality. Like, you can't say that you should get the combination of two top position money combined when you don't do that kind of production. You know, it's like, um, I don't know. I just, um, yeah, let's just, let's be real here. You know, I get yeah. it. You want to, you want to reach for the sky and, you know, and then whatever you get, you'll be happy with or whatever. But, um, it just, it, it looks bad when people are that aggressive about it. Yeah, it looks bad, but you know, it's, they're kind of, they're advocating for, for themselves. And I understand that, but they're just unrealistic on what they think, uh, unrealistic on their value. There we yeah. go. There's the politically correct word to there say. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I get, you know, some of its position, right? Like the running backs were complaining this off season, you know, a lot of them get bitter because the quarterbacks get the money and the, mm-hmm. and the running backs have the shorter shelf life and they're easier to swap out in general. It doesn't mean that there's not like a handful of like elite yeah. kind of tier running backs. It just means that, you know, a lot of times after that first contract's up, man, you know, you, you got nothing left on your, you know, no rubber left on the tires. It's just the way it goes, unfortunately. Exactly, and and there's a there's a younger, better guy coming in every year. So yeah, and and a lot of times for the running backs, it's like mid round or late round picks or even undrafted guys, and so it's yeah. like, you know, it's just diluted. No, uh, I yeah, I I I get that. Like the running, I think the running back position is, it's not undervalued. It's diluted because there's too many and it's a supply and demand thing. It's, it's pure economics. If you have, if you have 64 different running backs that can, that can have a good season, why are you going to pay the, why are you going to pay number 32, 10 million when you pay number 64, 3 million? Yeah. Well, yeah. And and you're still going to get, the Derrick Henrys of the world yeah. and the, and the McCaffrey, McCaffrey. Yeah. the guys that are a very clear step above the rest. Mm-hmm. And those guys are going to get freaking paid big time. Right. Because you, you know, the, all these mid tier guys, you know, they can be very good, but they'll probably not get to that level. And so yeah. those handful of guys are always going to make their money. It's just that, man, it's so easy to swap out at like the next level down. And so it's tough. Yeah, and it's like like there's not like between uh, like there's probably like three or four running backs, two to somewhere between two and four running backs that are worth top value. Between number five and number sixty is not that big of a drop off. Yeah. Between between number number three and number five, yeah, 
Yeah. It is a big drop off. Yeah, it falls off a cliff a little bit, and then it's, yeah. yeah, everybody's in the same pool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, and it's different with wide receivers. It's um, you know, and it's it's almost it's almost similar to the tight end game, right? Except that there's just you know people don't put the attention on tight ends. You know, in any given year, you got maybe three like elite level tight ends. And then everybody else is a crapshoot. It's like, ah, they'll probably put up five, 600 yards and, you know, like, we'll see what happens. Right. So pretty much. Uh, all right. Well, let's do some surprise games of the week, James. Why don't you, one, you know, one fit it. Well, since you're going to surprise um, games of the week. Oh, I'm skipping um, news. Sorry. You, Go ahead. Man. You missed, missed the fact that last night's score to the chargers Raiders games was the 1000 an 83rd unique score in NFL history. Yeah, no, I did not hear that. Uh, but yeah, thanks for pointing that out. So, sorry, I was I, I little, little little joke. One of the yeah. Jokes How many that. combinations of twos, threes, uh, sixes, sevens, and eights can you come up with? Right. Mm-hmm. Basically. Apparently a thousand and whatever you said, right? So, and don't forget the don't forget the ones and the yeah for the extra points. Well, that's kind of where I was like sixes and sevens, right? Because sometimes you don't get the extra point, but uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's apparently the one thousand and eighty third different final score in an NFL game. I Sweet. and that's not. I I found found it interesting being a numbers guy. Yeah, no, I get that, man. Yeah, because I mean, you know, you probably get a lot of them that are repeating scores, like uh, twenty four to fourteen or whatever. Probably mm-hmm. happens fifty times a season or something, and so it just um, yeah. It may, well, now it makes me wonder what's the most common score, because that would that's what you want to know if you're playing squares or something, right? So. <laughs> uh, but that would you you could almost isolate that to the Super Bowl, except that could the sample size be good enough because the league has changed over time, you know? It's like what do they say? Normally you want thirty data points for a decent sample size, but if you went back thirty years ago, it was a run first league. So I'm not sure those scores are the same as what you're getting today in a pass first league. So and this article's it's a it's a little old. Let me see if I can find, quickly find something newer. Uh, so this article is saying different than what I. Okay, so so. It would have been the first game since 1943 to end as a 0-0 tie, have in regulation as 0-0 tie. Okay. Um, but it tied the lowest score in the in the post-merger history of the NFL. Gotcha. Uh, was that? But so apparently, the most common score in an NFL game. Is twenty to seventeen. Wow. Okay. Good to know. 
as of 2000, this is, this is 2021. So it's a little, I'm sorry, this is earlier this year. So I don't know. I don't know how many times it's happened this year. I didn't look yeah, up, but that's still probably up. pretty, pretty solid. Right. Cause that's it's taken happened, a lot of years of data. It's happened 282 times. Okay. The, the next one is 27 to 24, which has happened 230 times. So you want to have a seven in the squares. Yes, apparently. Because the third most common is 17 to 14. Oh, geez. So you want seven. So you want seven and four. Yeah. And then it's 24. To, then you have, it's like 24 to seven, 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 four, three or zero are the numbers you want looking at it. Write that down, people. Write that down. It's December, but the squares will be here for Super Bowl in two months, man. Yeah. Uh, adding value. Adding value to people's lives, James. We probably just made a whole bunch of people rich watching Gridiron and Grinder, and maybe one day they'll help us get monetized on the show. Hey, we yeah. scratch your back, you scratch ours. Yeah, so. Too bad squares. the squares are randomly drawn in after everyone has their box. Oh, well, you know, yeah, so I've done it both ways, right? And and that's where um, I like what you're talking about because that's the fair way of doing it. But, you know, the other, uh, I'm going to quote it, fair way is um, if you can do it where there's a drawing for you get to pick, hey, you get to pick the first two set, sets of squares or whatever. Because you drew the number, and then the next guy gets to go, and whatever, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very hard to do nowadays, right? Because a lot of these parties and a lot of things are separated. Mm -hmm. I did those like back in college when you would get everybody at a party together, and you could do it that way, where it's like, okay, everybody's going to pick a number out of hat, and then whoever wins gets to pick, you know, almost everybody would pick like seven, and I don't mm -hmm. know, zero or whatever was like the popular shit back then, but... um you know, it's just, you know, yeah. How do you do that now, man? It's, it's, it'd be tough. So for the Super Bowl, I think it's different for common score. Yeah. I would still go with those numbers though, because it's, you know, like I said, it's hard because you only got 50 something games and the sample size is going to change going from the run first era to the pass first era. All right, so here we go. Around 20% of all first quarter first quarters in the Super Bowl have zeros. Okay. 20.9% is 0, 07 or 70. Yeah, 7 and 0 got to be the best numbers, yeah. 16.4% are 03 or 30. Yeah, seven, four, three, and zero. Those are your numbers, guys. So, at halftime, seven remains the luckiest number, while four is has the highest odds of winning by the end of the third quarter. Okay. Four zero has the best chance of winning a few prizes. Three zero box carries a higher probability of the final of winning winning the. Final, the final game. Since the 70s. Yeah. Interesting. Nice. Nice. I will 
I digress to. So the most desired numbers or the best numbers, the most common numbers, zero, one, three, four, and seven. Okay. All, All right, right, James. You brought up squares. Yeah. Let's go to surprise games of the week. Give, give me some surprise First action here. One. <sighs> I don't. I don't know which one to pick. Pick us first, like. I was surprised the Rams hung in there with the Ravens. Yeah, I'll give you that, but, but. I mean, the Ravens got the win, but it was on a freaking punt return in overtime. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And and Lamar was sick, so you got to give him a little break there. Sure, he had a good game. Like he had a solid game. Yeah. I'll give you that. Then winning on a punt return. Wasn't there like a delay in the game or something? I remember that game. Like, wasn't that the game that like almost cut into like Sunday night football? Oh man, it might've, I don't, I don't remember. Um, I didn't get oh, to no, see no, it the was in Baltimore. It was, it was one, it was the chargers game that cut it almost cut into Sunday night football somehow. Okay. There was, there was like a huge, huge, a long delay in, in that game. Gotcha. Uh, let me see if if this has it. No, it doesn't. The, yeah, for some reason, like the Chargers game, there was like a huge delay, like like a big injury or something that that like I was like turning over to Sunday Night Football, like yeah. right. Maybe it was it was one of the games. Like I can't remember what game, but like it was. It was like, will this game end before Sunday Night Football kicks off was the question. But anyways, the Rams, Rams-Baltimore, you know, I didn't see much of the game. The Rams have been playing playing better, and and Baltimore had Lamar sick, and um, even though he had a good game. And I think, don't they have, a, a, like, a tough game this week? Oh, you think it was... Uh... No, they played the they Jags. were looking looking yes. past them a little bit. I thought I I was thinking that, but they played the Jaguars this week. It's next okay. week that they have they have they have the Forty ers next week. Gotcha. So I forgot about Jacksonville. I thought I thought this week was the Forty ers so they kind of looked past past. I thought they were looking past them. You know, I don't I don't know. I didn't see much of of the game to really have gotten a flow, the flow of the game, but. I'll give you that as a surprise. Sure. Yeah. Well, what else you got, man? Or what? Well, what do you have? I was going to start with the three nothing. Just a surprise because it was so low. <laughs> so, so an article I read or saw. I, I'm sorry, an article I saw that. Let me see if I I want to quote the um the article. The brand of football Minnesota and Vegas played on Sunday set the NFL back 16 years. All right. <laughs> it was just a terrible game. Like, I I don't know what to say say about that about that game. Like, there was total total yards in the game was like 20. 
Total yards, 231 for Minnesota, 202 for Vegas. Yeah, like yeah, I said, like low. 20. Um, and that's on 11 drives for Minnesota, 12 drives for Vegas. So that's what, like, call it 20 yards a drive. Yeah. Um, Minnesota, 99 passing yards. Yeah, that's weak. On 36 passing attempts. Real weak. Yeah, and you're supposed to be, you know, this, like, creative passing guru of a head coach, right? And so mm-hmm. I get it. You got quarterback problems. But, uh, you know, if you're that good, you're going to find a way to get some production through the air. Yeah. And this rushing yards, like, Vegas had 56 rushing yards and 146 passing yards. Yeah. I there's not much about that game. It was interesting to see if they could end in zero zero. Yeah, and that's about all that was interesting in it. And you know, it's a boring game when you're rooting for no score. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it'd be one thing if it was like a um, like a real sweet defensive battle, right? Mm-hmm. But neither of those teams are known for their defense. <laughs> no, and it wasn't. It wasn't like the defense. Neither defense really did shit. Just yeah. the offenses couldn't get out of their own damn way. Yeah. Uh, what do you uh, think about the Jets over the Texans, man? Would they so, surprise category for you, or is it well Stroud got hurt was, and whatever? Well, no, because Stroud got hurt with less than seven minutes left in the game. Okay. Well, that's what I was wondering. I didn't know how late yeah. it was when he got hurt. So it was real late. Um, okay. You know, I I would count that as a surprise, but. But with the Texans, it kind of – somehow the Jets are still in the fucking playoff hunt. Like, I don't know how the fuck this happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, and with the Texans, they're ahead of schedule, but you kind of got to remember that they're still in the first year of a rebuild, right? So Exactly. <laughs> they're in the first year of a rebuild. They're, they're going to have games like this. This is – I'm surprised they – it's a surprise that they've won seven games this year. I pegged them at, like – Four to four to five. Yeah. So, I mean, they're they're. I hate saying they're ahead of schedule because it's no real schedule. Because then what happens next year if if they slouch back? I think they're they're outplaying where they are this year. I gotcha. Makes sense to me. And and they won't. They, you know, Stroud Stroud's had a phenomenal year. He had he had an off game. He's a rookie. He's He's about to have an off game. It was their <clears throat> it was their 13th game of the season, which in college he played thir- maximum 13 games in the season. Gotcha. Most likely, most likely 12, especially at Ohio State because Ohio State hadn't been playing in the last two years, hadn't been playing in a Big Ten championship game. So, so I could see that see that and and as, even even. In the seasons, if he played 13 games, there's like a month break between week, game 12 and game 13. So that could be part of it where he hasn't – the length of the season is getting to him. Sure. Um, but that I, I would count that as a surprise. But but also, it's not – more, more of a surprise is the Jets' offense played well. Yeah, that's always a surprise. Um, it wasn't – it wasn't – 
their defense, it doesn't surprise me. Their defense, they have a fucking phenomenal defense. If yep. they had a mediocre quarterback, they'd probably probably be eight and five instead of five and eight. Yeah, we'd probably be talking about uh, you know one of like the better defenses in recent years if they had a mm-hmm. complimentary offense, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's just that it, they're on the field so freaking much that eventually they get burned. Yeah, well, it's not that they're. It's it's not even that. It's so total yards allowed. They average per game less than three hundred yards allowed. Yeah, they're really good, man. Um, they're the fifth lowest yards allowed. Cleveland at two hundred sixty-three, Baltimore at two hundred eighty-four, Dallas at less at two hundred eighty-nine point nine. The here's the surprise: Carolina. Oh wow! Two hundred and ninety-eight point four. That's how bad yeah. that offense is doing in Carolina. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, it was a surprise, right? Because we knew Carolina's defense was good. It just, mm-hmm. um, just like wow, yeah, the offense that bad they couldn't squeak out more than one win so far. Yeah, and the, and then the Jets at two ninety-nine. So they're they're barely fifth. They're just right behind it. We're right behind Carolina, and so I mean, it's not that much of a surprise that's a surprise huh i did not know that what's that so i i just pulled up pulled up the team stats and it's average per game the lions have the fifth most rushing yards per game this season so far oh i believe it we're we're one of the uh, heavier run teams right and if yeah. we've just been splitting it between the two running backs. Right, but uh, the reason reason I say that's a surprise is because that's not historical MO of the Lions. No, I think they um I think they turned that corner last year, you know. They beefed up the offensive line and they just started pounding the rock, but yeah, yeah before the Dan Campbell era, we were one of the bottom of the barrel rushing attacks for many 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 years. Like since Barry Sanders, many years. Yeah, which, which Barry Sanders is the reason why you get points for yards and and fantasy. Yeah, because you know fantasy used to be you got points for touchdowns. It was touchdowns only until Barry Sanders came around and he would have like three hundred yards in the game and no get touchdowns. no points yeah. because he didn't score a touchdown because because he he was he brought, he he played between the twenties and then they didn't put him in. Yeah in the red zone because they didn't want him, him to get hurt because it's, it's more of a power style than a finesse in the red zone. But the Jets aren't Jets defensively. Well, it's not a surprise or not surprises that their offense played, played good. Zach Wilson didn't have a turnover, which I mean, shit. I don't think I've uttered that sentence before in my life. Um, (laughs) Well, he needs it if he's going to be playing somewhere next year, right? He's got a yeah. he's got an audition. So, yeah. And then the the one I I was I was debating the um whether the Broncos Chargers how how utterly dismantled the Chargers were in that game yeah. or. The Eagles Cowboys. I think the Eagles Cowboys was my biggest surprise of the, of the week. Like, because like the Titans Dolphins, we can we can 
you know, attribute that to Tyreek Hill missed about 40, missed like 40% of the offensive snaps. And that offense is completely different without Tyreek Hill. Um, but the Eagles Cowboy, well, no, I'm going to go back to that one. I would say the Dolphins Titans was the biggest surprise of of the week. Eagles Cowboys was a close second because because if you look at the at the scoring of the Dolphins Titans, and I want to double check this, but if I remember correctly, with like four minutes left in the game, the Dolphins were up by two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, and and Tennessee had a sweet late game surge, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I, I would have thought it was a surprise anyhow with them having Levis at quarterback, and you know even with Tyreek Hill getting hurt, you would think that Miami's offense would just be that powerful, and that Tennessee's offense would struggle to match them on points. But um, definitely props to Tennessee for coming out in that game, man. Yeah, and so I would say that that would be my biggest surprise. Just just exactly how how it happened. Yeah, the um, Dolphins didn't have Tyreek Hill, which hindered the offense. But just just being up by two touchdowns that late, especially how well Miami's defense has been playing. Yeah, as of late, they haven't had a good full season, but not they've they've had they've had their had decent games the last couple weeks, from what I remember, what I've seen. And then to give up two touchdowns that quickly, and then the offense up, and for the offense not to do anything when they got the ball back after, because there was like three minutes left in the game when um, Tennessee scored um, their second to make it 27-21, which which Vrabel went for two to win the game because it was twenty, it was. It was uh, twenty-seven to thirteen. So if if he kicks the extra point, then we're t- we're talking a different different ball game and on it because then like at the g- end of the game you're going to kick the extra point and it's going to be a tie game as opposed to to the touchdown and extra point win the game for you. Yeah. But the last two drives, like the Dolphins, they had three plays. For eight yards, and then they had six plays for sixteen yards on their last on their last two drives, and for for that to sputter out at a key sputter time, out like that, and Tua was I want to say Tua was sacked. It was basically the end of the game. Tua was sacked. I thought he was sacked um, another time, but I'm not seeing that. Okay, but but just kind of sputtered out at the end of the game is. So I'll give you that. All right, man. Well, hey, let's do a little segue over to the power rankings. All right. At the top of my board, one through five, how how it played out, there is no changes to my top five. Keeps it easy for you. Because you had Baltimore, San Francisco, Dallas, all one. I had them one through three. Philadelphia, Detroit, Miami, Seattle, Kansas City, Houston. That, that's like we're in my top ten. All those teams in my top ten lost. 
Yeah. So I, I left it with Baltimore, San Francisco, Dallas, Philadelphia, Detroit. I really wanted to wanted to drop Detroit down for losing to Chicago, but it was a division game and every single team I had behind them lost. Like yep. right there. Like the next basically the next five four of the next five teams I had lost. So, yeah, so you had like a log jam on the board, basically. Yeah. yeah so like it ends up with no real movement in my top top five. Gotcha. Yeah, and I I had um, a couple what I would say are harder, bigger moves than what I would normally do on my board, and I did that intentionally to try and clear some of the log jam on my board because I had it at a couple spots on my board. I had it near the top. And then I had it happen again sort of like later on. And uh, I didn't want to just have it be the exact same. I was like, ah, no, I can't mm-hmm. do that. So, uh, but yeah, so for me, uh, at one, I've still got the 49ers. At two and three, I flipped Philly and Dallas. So now I've got Dallas at two, Philly at three. At four, I've got Baltimore. Uh, I was almost tempted to move them up to three and drop Philly down, but um, I decided to keep them because, you know, that sort of like the way that Baltimore game played out just had me wanting more from them. And I know Philly, their loss was not a great loss, but, um, you know, it was just enough for me to keep it that way. And then at five, I've got the Dolphins. Uh, and so that's similar to what you're talking about with like Detroit and, and some of those teams is that the whole next wave of teams like pretty much lost on my board. So it was hard to like drop Miami without like really going overboard and raising uh, a different team. And so I kept them at five and yeah, back to you at six, man. All right. At six, I had Miami and as they lost, but most of the teams right there, right in here lost. So I left Miami at six. Seven is where I've had my first movement. Um, I moved Buffalo up five spots and this was kind of, maybe a correction for for me killing them too much with how they were playing where they had the hiccup um, yeah. season. But they beat Kansas City, who I had at number four or number six. So, I don't know. I had Kansas City at seven. Or, let me see where I had Kansas City real quick. Sure. So, they beat my, my number seven team. So, I moved Buffalo up to number seven, which was a five-spot bump. Seattle, even though they lost to San Francisco, they lost to my number two team, who actually probably is starting to gain traction to becoming my number one team. Um, and so, Seattle lost, but stayed at eight. And Cincinnati, they had Drew Locke at quarterback, right? So Yeah, it was exactly. They had <clears throat> Drew Locke at quarterback. It wasn't Geno Smith. So, I wasn't going to really kill them for it. If they if Geno Smith is out for a longer period, I may yeah. may rethink but they, that. But they played really well with Drew Locke at quarterback. You know they didn't get yeah. blown out in that game. Exactly. Um, then at uh, at nine? Cincinnati nine, I moved Cincinnati up one spot from nine. This was more because I corrected Kansas City down to ten and. When I look at it, Kansas City seems to really, really be sputtering. Yeah. And I think, I, well, I didn't want to move them outside of the top 10 off of a loss to Buffalo, who I had at right there, right butt up, butting up against the top 10. 
I think Kansas City is at risk for falling and losing more games. Like they've lost games that they shouldn't have lost. Yeah. They've lost they lost this game because of a stupid a stupid mistake. But and this this game so all right, so here, the last game where you talked about that penalty that they should have gotten, that's a little mm-hmm. different, right? That's kind of like a fluke, just you got a, a, a bad rash of luck against you. This game with Tony being offsides, this is like you know, exactly what's been wrong with their entire season. Their wide receivers have been fucking them so hard all year, whether it's drop passes or stupid mental mistakes and now penalties. It's like, uh, you know, if the if they had anybody decent at wide receiver, it would be a totally different story, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I agree there. All right, so that's your six through ten. Uh, all right, so here's where I got big on my moves. At six, I got Buffalo. I moved them up eight spots. And so with them sitting at seven and six, I'm not, like, super thrilled about moving them up eight spots on the board. Uh, but like I said, I didn't want to have, like, 12 straight spots of gridlock. And so uh, this was one of my ways of kind of clearing that log jam. At uh, it, seven... I made a similar move with Cleveland. I moved them up eight spots. And with Cleveland, you know, it's, I don't know, maybe I'm just a little hopeful with this, but it's like we know that their defense is lights out, right? And then out of nowhere, you get freaking old man Flacco come in and throw like 300 yards and three touchdowns, okay? I'm not expecting that from him every week. But if Flacco can be at least a decent game manager for Cleveland, their defense is that good where they belong in the top 10. And so I was comfortable making that move. Um, And then after that, I've got the Lions at eight. I dropped them down just one. Jacksonville at nine. I dropped them down just one. Uh, And then Kansas City, I dropped them down four because like, you know, like you talked about, they're, they're having some dysfunction and so that had to be recognized and you see it in their frustration you know when Mahomes loses his cool in a post game they got shit going wrong right and so mm-hmm. um you know we don't normally see that out of him uh but yeah back to you at 11 man all right so at 11 I have Houston I dropped them down two spots they lost to the Jets uh yeah Stroud was injured but late in the he was injured late in the game and they really sputtered it's also kind of like Maybe I got too high on Houston. Um, then 12, Tennessee moved up four spots uh, with the win over Miami. It's I didn't feel comfortable moving them up much more because I had you had to take into consideration that Hill was out and the off- the Miami offense looked way different without Hill than it did with Hill. Yeah. Um, at 13, Cleveland, I moved them up four spots. This was kind of, I basically moved Cleveland up to right about where I had Jacksonville uh, because Cleveland beat Jacksonville. Yeah, I got they you. They barely beat them. So Minnesota at 14, I had left them the same. Look, that was a pathetic game. No, no team should, well, maybe the Raiders. I can't remember what I did with them, but... <laughs> Um, but I, you can't really judge that you had both, you had like 
backup quarterbacks playing. You had uh, defense wasn't really looking good. There was no offense in the game, no defense in the game, no scoring in the game. It's it's kind of like, to me, a throwaway game. Oh, yeah. Um, At 15, I have the Rams. I dropped them down two spots, even though they lost to Baltimore. And this is, it's kind of weird with the Rams. It's more of a fact that I had moved Tennessee and Cleveland from um, up ahead of the Rams based on this past week's games. So the Rams ended up falling two spots, even though they took the Ravens into overtime. I got you. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, All right, so on my side here, I've got the Bengals at 11. I moved them up one spot. I'm still liking what I'm seeing out of Browning. Uh, 12, I've got the Seahawks. And so I dropped them three, and this is just where the board was messed up for me this week. There were just some strange moves because, like we kind of talked about when you covered Seattle, I thought it was impressive with Drew Locke that they hung in there in that game and they didn't get fucking blown out by 30, Mm -hmm. but – uh, the board just did some wacky shit this week on my side. Uh, 13, I've got the Texans. I dropped them down three. And, you know, I think we kind of covered them pretty well at this point. 14 was the Rams. I moved them down one. I was tempted to just keep them where they were at, kind of like you were saying. But uh, there was just some movement here after I made my bigger uh, adjustments. And then at 15, I've got Denver. You know, I think, um, you know, they got punched in the mouth the week before. And I talked about how it would be important for them to reestablish themselves. Even though I think I picked the Chargers in that game, uh, I was glad to see Denver get the win because, to me, they're back on track now, right? And so, mm-hmm. uh, just in time to play Detroit. But, hey, you know, like, for Detroit, you want to be a legit team, man. You got to fucking come up big when it matters. And this is this is going to be a big game for both of these teams. And so, uh, I'm really excited to see how the Lions play tomorrow. But, yeah, back to you at 16, man. All right. So for me at 16, I have Jacksonville. I dropped them down five spots. I'm not really liking what I see from Jacksonville. It's more of a correction for that. And I talked about it, uh, I think it was last week or a couple of weeks ago, where I wasn't feeling how feeling comfortable with how high Jacksonville was getting on the board. And so I think the five spots is more of a correction for that than just a reflection of them of the loss um, sure. to to Cleveland because Cleveland's a really I think Cleveland's a really good defensive team and their offense actually looked real in that game. Uh, Seventeen, I have the Colts. I moved them, dropped them down two spots. They didn't show up against Cincinnati. Like I, that's how I I feel. They really didn't show up against them. Yeah. I didn't want to kill them too much though because I still had Cincinnati in my top. 10 um last week so so i didn't want to kill the colts too much but i had to had to drop them to kind of reflect reflect sure. how they looked in that game 18 the saints i moved them up three spots off of a win against carolina uh i know <laughs> well um, you're just making adjustments man no, this isn't an adjustment. It was really like what was going on around here. I I moved moved Atlanta. I like I can get get to it later. I moved had moved Atlanta down. I had moved um, I moved the char- moved the Chargers down further and stuff like that. So like when yeah. it came down to it, 
I have Arizona, I'll get that. Denver's the same way at 19. You moved up three spots. Basically, Denver and New Orleans were a two-spot bump based on where I was going with my board. And then I realized that Arizona would get a two-spot drop off of a buy. Okay. So I, instead of doing that, I left Arizona at 20 and put Denver and New Orleans ahead of them. Gotcha. And it's just... <laughs> It's three spots. It, I don't don't like it, but it's kind of how the board fell this week. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. Sometimes that's just the way it works. Yeah, my board's all jacked up this week. And so uh, at 16, I've got the Colts. I didn't move them. And so I kind of gave them the benefit of browning, sort of like reestablishing the Bengals mm -hmm. and then some other teams in this range losing. And so I thought, okay, you know, uh, now that I'm feeling stronger about Cincinnati again, I didn't want to penalize the Colts as much. Uh, at 17, I've got the Vikings. They went up three, which is nuts because they won three nothing, right? But this is just one where they've got heavy favor in my board with all these other adjustments, kind of floated them up. And at 18, this is part of it, is I dropped the Chargers by seven which honestly I think was a pretty generous move now that you consider Herbert being out for the season. Uh, and I, when I dropped him seven, it was actually before I knew whether he was going to be out for the season or not. So I, I expect next week I will go further. Um, but, you know, typically when you see these things with quarterbacks, I like to kind of do a big drop, but not like massive, because I want to see what you get out of their backup usually, right? And then it's like if you don't get anything, then you just kind of let that, that let them fall precipitously down the board. And so that's where the Chargers are going. For anybody who wants to know, they'll be going down. Uh, and then at 19, I've got the Raiders. I dropped them one spot. Could have done more, but, you know, it's just the board was wonky. And then at 20, I've got the Buccaneers. I moved them up three. Uh, I thought it was a, a huge win for them. You know, they needed that win over the Falcons, and they got it. And so... Uh, I gave them a healthy bump there, which helped me get them above Atlanta on my board, which I thought was important to do. So yeah. back to you at 21, my man. 21, I have the box. It's the same th same thing with with you. The three spots got them above Atlanta on your board. I it was uh, For me, it was four spots to get them above Atlanta because I dropped Atlanta down three spots to number 22. Uh, Vegas, I didn't move them again. There's nothing like a take. You can't take any way, anything away from that Minnesota game. And okay. that's I. So I wasn't going to move either. I didn't move either team in that game. 24. I have the Giants. I moved them up four spots. Basically, I flipped the Giants and the Packers because the Giants beat the Packers. Um, Chicago got a four spot bump to 25 uh, after beating Detroit. Yeah, I didn't move Detroit down, but I have to give credit to Chicago for playing a real game of football, and they're better than the teams that I have yeah. have below them. Plus, with we'll get to it a little bit later, but it also has to do with there's a buy in there that they jumped over. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, yeah, so for me at 21, I've got Atlanta, and so um, I didn't move them, and part of that is that when I look at the remaining teams on the board, I just still feel a little bit more conviction that the Falcons are better than that next wave of teams. 
same with 22. Even though the Packers lost to the Giants, um, you know, I still uh, – and, you know, maybe I'll warm up to DeVito and start to have more faith in the Giants. But I think it's just like the bad taste in my mouth of how bad they were all year. And then it's like we did see some signs of life out of Green Bay. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it's just timing. Maybe those signs of life now are shifting to the Giants. And I probably, you know, just need another week to see it and feel more comfortable making that adjustment. Uh, at 23, I've got the Saints. I moved them up one spot. 24, I've got the Titans. I moved them up two. I really wanted to go higher. Uh, but it's tough with how bad they've been. I don't want to have them leapfrogging teams that I feel more conviction about. Uh, and then at 25, I've got Arizona. They were on a buy, so they didn't move. 26, I have have the Jets. Yeah, they beat Houston, who I had higher on the board. I don't, I don't believe that what we saw last week is the real New York Jets. Yeah. And I wasn't going to move them. They have to put more than they have to put like four four games in a row yeah and and you're you're only going to get that kind of offense out of them like once every four weeks right yeah so exactly exactly (laughs) 27 i have washington that's the buy that i i mentioned with the giants in chicago getting a a four spot bump uh 28 i have green bay i dropped them four spots like i said i just flipped the giants and and green bay yeah Uh, you had them closer than i had them (laughs) too and so that's cool yeah 29, I have the Chargers. And I did this, full disclosure, I tried to ignore last night's game when I did this. Okay. But they lost to fucking Denver. Who's been on a tear? They scored seven points against Denver, and Herbert got hurt and is out for the season. And that's without Herbert... It's a different team, which we can see from last night. I don't know if off of last night they, they'll drop further or not based yeah. on everything else. At 30, I have New England. They moved up one spot off of beating Pittsburgh. Yeah, you never know, man. The Chargers could have uh, you know, a short-term rally with the head coaching change or whatever, but mm-hmm. I think it's tough with Herbert being out. Um, they're They're – it's like stick a fork in them, basically. They're done at this point of the year. So Yeah. Uh, all right, so at 26, I've got the Bears. I moved them up one spot. Wanted to go more because, you know, with exception to what was it like the other week or whatever, um, Fields has really now put together a string of really good games. He's been getting mm-hmm. good yards both through the air with DJ Moore and on the ground running the ball. Um, and so – I, I think he's he's really making it tough for them to decide is he the guy of the future or not. It's almost like the way he's playing is buying him maybe some more time, but the jury's still out, right? And so mm-hmm. uh, at 27, I got Pittsburgh, and so this was one of my big adjustments. You know, I'm finally giving up on Pittsburgh despite their record, which I was giving a lot of respect to. They just look so freaking bad offensively. They they lost to two two and whatever ten teams now in a row, and so um, you know I, I don't have them in the dumpster fire yet, and I don't know if I ever will put them in there. But uh, man, they're just so freaking bad on offense. Like it just it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Uh, at twenty eight and twenty nine, I've got the two New York teams. I've got the Giants, then the Jets, 
And so for both those guys, despite the wins here, they got blocked on my board. And this, this is where, you know, even, even though I made some of these bigger moves, some of these I just couldn't avoid. And so these guys got log jammed in at the bottom, uh, and that's okay. And then Washington at 30, they were on a buy, so they didn't move. Uh, my dumpster fire, I had, well, I had Pittsburgh at 30, New England at 31 last week. New England bit, beat Pittsburgh. They just got flipped. Pittsburgh dropped down one spot to 31. And then Carolina, it's Carolina. Like, they one were win. 32. They have one win. They are probably, they're a surprising team because from, based on the defensive stats, it's 100% an inept offense yeah. that's killing them. Oh, yeah. You know, it makes you think that they could easily uh, have zero wins with how bad mm -hmm. that offense has been, which is just, it, it sucks. It sucks for all those guys on the defensive side of the ball, man. Yeah, it does. Um, all right, yeah, so for me at 31, I've got the Patriots. You know, I thought it was a nice win, but they're, they're still only 3-10. and 10, And I had Pittsburgh significantly higher, and so the eight-spot drop for Pittsburgh, uh, I really didn't want to go that much more and flip them with New England, but... Uh, that's okay. And then at yeah, 32 Carolina just still sits there. And man, I talked early in the year, man. I'm sure you remember like weeks four, five, six, whatever. I was like, man, I want to get these guys out of the dumpster fire, but they just fucking couldn't get any wins. And then they got a win and I moved them out for one week and then they just fell right back down and they've been there ever since, man. So, <sighs> uh, all right. all right, you want so, to take us ready? over to the game picks, buddy? That's what I was going to ask. All right, so game picks. Um, last week, we had a bad week. You had a worse week than me. I gained one game on you, yes. Um, I had seven right. You had six right, bringing my total to 110 or 53%. You have 124 or 60%. Last night, we both were on the Chargers. Yeah, we must have both just been asleep at the wheel to not flip that pick, man. I, that's what I was just going to say. Like, <laughs> I realized, like, I think it was, I, I didn't even, I didn't even turn on the game last night, um, honestly, until like, we were watching something, like, a girl, entertaining the girls, and, and then I look at my phone and I say, oh shit, today's Thursday. Yeah. I look at the score. Oh shit! It's forty-nine to nothing, Vegas. What the yeah. hell is happening with the chart? It's actually a wild game, yeah. yeah. Oh shit! I forgot to tell Huffy, Huffy that I forgot to look at it flip and see, pick, yeah. see if I want to flip the pick. Um. So, anyways, our fuck up. Also, yeah. we're, we're gonna say it's this week's picks are in a little bit different order because when the schedule's released, there's five games that are to be determined. So we go. We put put together our spreadsheet at the beginning of the season, so some of the Saturday games are going to be towards the end. So we're oh, yeah, That's so good, just man. just to let people know, to so like, well, why are you starting with Tampa Bay at Green Bay? The bottle, just suck it, Gil. It is what it is. The Battle of the Bays, um, old black and blue division. I'm not really high on either of these teams. Last week, 
I told you going into last week because I picked up Jordan Love that he was going to have a shit game. <laughs> because I picked him up and had to start him. He was going to have a shit game. And what happened? He had a shit game. Yeah. Uh, so... The interesting fact about Jordan Love is this week would have probably been the week for me to pick him up and play him because he actually has plays well against the um, against the blitz, which the Buccaneers blitz uh, third most blitz rate in the in the NFL. Jordan Love actually has the fourth highest QBR and eight passing touchdowns and no interceptions against the blitz. Okay. Um, Again, we have playoff implications. Green Bay somehow, and I'm going to say this, Green Bay is somehow still alive to win the North. The motherfuckers. Um, You would think without Aaron Rodgers, this team was going to go down. That's what I thought. They have a puncher's shot, puncher's chance at winning the North. They're playing... One week good, one week bad. They have to be a little bit more consistent. I'm not really high on Baker Mayfield, and I think that's what why my model picks Green Bay um, 23 to 20 because I have Baker Mayfield way downgraded. Okay. And but I'm I'm gonna, I'm on Green Bay in this game. I don't really think Green Bay is the better team. I think the matchup suits Green Bay better. Yeah. Than it than Tampa Bay. <clears throat> Well, it's at Lambeau. You know, that helps a little bit. of home. I mean, you know, I have the home field advantage as one of my factors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like on my power rankings, I've got Tampa Bay like three spots higher, but it's pretty close. Uh, but with it being in Green Bay in my model with all that factored in, I've actually got the Packers winning by three. So the score you said 23-20 was interesting. It got my perked my ears up a little bit. I'm like, yeah, we're in line with this one. Uh, and then, yeah, heat map wise, I do see Green Bay uh, is having a lot of talent, especially offensively. Um, Tampa Bay, they're really good defensively, and then they have offensive pieces, but they've been really bad running the ball, minus a couple weeks here and there. Um, and yeah, it's just, um, it's like take your pick, man. These guys are very close, in my opinion, and I'm, I'm just giving it to the home team, basically. All right. Next up, we have the Jets at the Dolphins. I have a bold prediction for you. Okay. For this game. Zach Wilson will play better against the Dolphins than Tim Boyle did. Okay. That's my bold prediction for this game. Um, I, I knew I had this note somewhere. Last week was Zach Wilson's career best game, passer rating-wise. Gotcha. He had 117.9 passer rating last this past, last week. I even I already forgot who they played. Um, <laughs> but I had in the wrong in the wrong um, side. <laughs> but Wilson doesn't play well against against Miami. He's had two starts against Miami, and he has thrown zero touchdown passes against Miami. Oh, jeez. Uh, on top of that. The Jets have lost 10 straight division road games. Okay. It's the second long, 
it's the Jets' second longest streak since the merger, which happened to be from 94 to 97. They lost 12 straight. Any other game, I would say with Miami that my pick depends on if Tyreek Hill plays. I took Tyreek Hill out of my model. And I came up with a 24 to 9 victory for Miami. Nice and decisive, yeah. I thought about putting Hill back in my model, but I didn't have time to do have time to do it to to see what the score was. But if it's yeah. 24 to 9 as inept as the offense was without Tyreek Hill last week, that's probably my model probably would predict it like a 60 or a 70 to to 9 score. I'm, yeah, so you're taking Miami. Yeah, I yeah. mean, there's there's no doubt. Uh, yeah, so for me, my model actually has it as a fairly tight game. It's got it by less than two points, uh, but that's because my model is showing it as a divisional game, and my model has so much favor towards the Jets' defense. Uh, you know, realistically, throughout the year, I could have been dialing it down to reflect sort of like the offense being like a freaking anchor dragging them to the bottom. Uh, but I didn't really do that. And so, you know, the narrative and everything really supports Miami. It's in Miami. Uh, and even though my model's got it a little bit tighter, just chalk it up to be in a divisional game. I'm, I'm with you. I'm taking the Dolphins here. We can't expect this kind of play out of Zach Wilson every week, man. We can't expect that. Type of play ever out of Zach Wilson. No. So, all right. Next game is the Giants at the New Orleans Saints. Interestingly enough, Tommy DeVito has the second most touchdowns through your their first first four career starts since starts was a, a stat that was tracked by the NFL in 1950. Yeah, I hope he, has, he creates a quarterback controversy. Yeah. He has seven touchdowns um, through his first four starts. He's one off of the record, which is Fran Tarkington, who threw eight in his first four starts in 1967. Nice. Um, with that said, if the Giants... win if the giants win they will have a two percent chance of making the playoffs oh boy you're saying there's a chance <sighs> i want to look at where did, where, where, just be careful because i just heard Derek carr hooked up a lot of his teammates man rolexes uh like diamond wristbands. He is got Derek the offensive lineman a bunch of grills and uh, chests full of steaks? I mean, he's juicing those guys up, man. It's, is Derek Carr starting the game? I would assume so if he's doing all that for his teammates. I would too. Um, my model has it as a touchdown, eight-point victory by the Saints. I really... I really want to, don't want to pick the Saints. Yeah. 
because I really don't like the Saints. I don't like them this year. I've been down on them the, almost this entire year. Yeah, since the like, Allen era has from. been stagnant. Yeah. yeah. But on the flip side, how do you trust the Giants? the Giants? How do you trust the Giants? How do you trust DeVito to have another yeah. good game? And so I can't pick again. I can't override my model and go with the Giants based on the any of the narratives behind the game. So I'm going to stick with the Saints. Yeah. No, I'm with you, man. I'm I'm taking my model, which has the Saints winning. Uh, I did dial down big time all of my coaching ratings for Dennis Allen, uh, but it's still got the Saints winning. Um, you know, the interesting thing is that it actually uh, moves over on the heat map and puts the giants in favor. Um, you know, which, I mean, that's fine. You know, some of that's like Don Martindale, you know, having a higher rating as a defensive coach in my model and whatever else. But, um, I'm taking the saints. I'm, I'm sticking with my model, but I personally, just for fun, for shits and giggles would like to see DeVito mm-hmm. keep winning and see the giants get the win. The saints to me, dude, I, I'm I'm sick of them, man. They've got so much talent, and they're just wasting it. So um, even though I'm picking them, I I would like to see them lose. I know that's weird, but that's just what I'm doing. Right. Then we're with the Texans at the Titans, and this game really, my model hinges on if Stroud is starting. It's likely that Stroud is not playing, and with Stroud not playing, my mo- model has uh, Tennessee winning 17 to 10. With Stroud playing, it flips. Okay. And it's 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 about a ten point swing for Houston with um with Stroud playing in this game. Uh, one thing in this game, the key to victory for Houston is to commit to the run game. Um, the Titans allow 110 rushing yards per game, and where the Texans allow 96 rushing yards per game. Um, but without Stroud, if they can get the run game rolling and and just just pound the ball, then then they they have a shot in this game. Uh, interesting thing to look out for is Derrick Henry. If he scores two touchdowns in this game, he will be the first player since Ladanian Tomlinson. I'm sorry, if he rushes for two touchdowns or more in this game, he will be the first play first player since. Le- since Ladanian Tomlinson in 2006 to rush for more than multiple touchdowns in four straight games. Okay. If you remember 2006, Ladanian Tomlinson did it in eight consecutive games. Yeah, he was, man, and he was like the king of the one-yard touchdown, I remember. You know, mm-hmm. for being really good, really dynamic, he had a lot of them that were just like right on the goal line. Yeah. Uh, so I'm... I'm on tentatively on the Titans with the fact that Stroud is out. Um, I might revisit this this weekend. I might not. Sure. Yeah. So I, I picked Houston and um, uh, my model actually has Tennessee winning, but I, I picked Houston because we, we talked about it, you know, like either last week or the week before where it's hard to like manually override all the ratings as the year mm-hmm. goes on. And Houston's very clearly been outperforming my model. Tennessee has been underperforming it. Um, And then, you know, I made the pick before I saw Stroud being doubtful. Uh, But for the sake of, you know, giving us a little bit of action, 
I'm going to stick with it anyhow. And, you know, even if, if Stroud is out, you know, um, I'll take my chances, right? I got, I got a 14 game lead, you know, like I can throw a dog a bone every now and then James. <laughs> I see how it is. You're, you're calling me a dog. I, no, I hey, you know, I'm just, I was trying to say, I'm helping you out here, my man. Well, you want to, you want to help me out? Pick Arizona, um, which is the next game, San Francisco at Arizona. Uh, I don't know if there's much to talk about in this game. Yeah, Arizona's been playing better since um, with Kyler back. They haven't been playing that much better no. with Kyler to beat San Francisco. San Francisco had a little hiccup in the middle of the season, middle of the season, which was bound to happen, and they look like they're right back on track, if not better since that hiccup. Um, so I'm I'm heavily on. San Francisco, I think in my model, this was the widest spread in, of, um, of games at 22-point victory by San Francisco. Yeah, that's pretty steep, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I got to take the 49ers here. Um, my heat map is entirely green for San Francisco, except for the defensive back four. Uh, and part of that is that I know the 49ers, you know, they lost, um, you know, Hafonga. Uh, he got mm-hmm. injured a while back. And, uh, you know, had it not been for that, it probably would be entirely green for San Francisco. Um, and, yeah, they're rolling, man. And Arizona, I get it. They're they're wanting to close out strong here with Kyler and whatnot. I just don't see it happening in this game. Plus, it's in San Francisco, too, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. everything's stacked against Arizona. It's hard to make that pick. It would be a surprise game of the week if they get the win, though, James. It would. Next up, we have the Commanders at the Rams. And I'm not really comparing these two players. Um, Safford has thrown for three, at least three touchdowns in three straight games. The last Rams quarterback to score throw for three at least three touchdowns in more than three games. Mark Bulger was Kirk Warner. It was oh, Kurt Kirk Warner, Warner in 1999 when he did it in four straight games. Okay, I thought Bulger might have done it. You know, when they had the greatest show on turf, it kind of carried over to him for a couple years. You know, but okay. Right. So, with that said. On top of that, the Commanders have allowed the most passing touchdowns this season at 30. Which is, if you do the math, it's just over two a game. Man, you know, I hate to give you a tangent here, but I um, I just thought, how much would it suck if Ron Rivera gets fired? And it, I think Rivera honestly probably should get fired, to be honest, but... How much would it suck for Eric Bieniemy to move over to Washington and possibly get fired because Rivera's on the hot seat? <laughs> oh. Because I do think Bieniemy is – I think he's he's squeezing a lot out of that offense. I mean, Sam Howell is up there in passing yards. It's just that, you know, he's he's working with a very inexperienced quarterback, right? Um but Rivera, shit, man, he's supposed to be locking down that defense. And I, I know they what they fired Del Rio a few weeks ago or whatever. But 
it's just it's just not i don't know i don't know i went on a tangent sorry that's okay i thought rivera should have been fired a couple weeks ago but that's that's another story interesting fact is sam howell if he's sacked twice on sunday he will become the fourth different player to be with to have be sacked at least 60 times through their first 14 games in the season. That's a lot, man. Interestingly enough, <clears throat> the only time he was not sacked multiple times this season was against Philadelphia in week eight. <laughs> yeah, against a team that, you know, you would think with exactly. how stacked they are on defense, yeah. Exactly. I just I found that interesting. My model has it as a thirty-three to twenty-one victory for Washington. There's no, I'm sorry, for the Rams. There's no way I can switch to Washington, yeah. um, based on everything that's going on and with with how bad they the Washington has looked. I, I agree with you. I wouldn't be surprised if Rivera gets fired, but it does suck for Bianami. Yeah. Yeah, because he's he's not going to get an interview like a legit interview to be the head coach, right? You know, like mm-hmm. people want to see him prove out as an offensive coordinator away from Andy Reid for probably a couple seasons first. But um, that's okay. Uh, yeah. So in this game, I I've got the Rams as well. I mean, you know, heck, the Rams almost just freaking took down Baltimore, right? So, uh, and we did talk about it a couple weeks ago that as long as Stafford stays healthy. You know, Cooper Cup stays healthy. The Rams can they can win games offensively. It's still a Sean McVay team. You know, their defense had been playing better in recent weeks. It's kind of hard to hold anything against them with Baltimore because you got Lamar and all that. But um, yeah, I just think that they're they're um, you know they're like in my book at least one tier above Washington, right? And so it's mm-hmm. hard to it's hard to take the, the Commanders here. So I'm going with the Rams, man. Bam, we're back. All right. So our next game is oh, – I lost my, my place. The Dallas Cowboys at the Bills. For those of you that didn't catch it earlier, that's where I am this week, um, <laughs> play, playing in that stadium. Just just play. Just throw a guess. I, I'm giving you the answer. Still, if you don't believe me, throw a guess out there. You you might get it right if you just look behind me where it says Bills. Um, where the fuck are my notes for this game? <laughs> my model my model had this game as a twenty three nineteen victory for Dallas, and I really based on how Dallas is playing, I really wanted to override my model. Okay. Um, so back to, with Dak Prescott in the MVP conversation, he has had multiple passing touchdowns in his, in seven straight games. It's tied with, uh, Tony Romo for the second longest streak in Cowboys history. The longest streak is 12 games for, by Don Meredith. Okay. You would, you would think Aikman, but... Um, no. Yeah, but they ran the shit out of the ball in the Aikman era, you know, because they had Emmett Smith, right? True. True, but they they also had Michael Irving. I know, I know. I just, 
that was that was like um, that that was like still part of that run first era, you know. I mean, you, you did true. have you did have like the Marino and you know some stuff like that, but um, but yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, man. Yeah. So so the good thing is um, the Bills have been getting uh, James Cook more involved um, recently, and that will bode well for them to rush to run the ball this week. Yeah. Because Dallas has allowed the fifth fewest passing yards in the NFL this season. I wanted to override my model. The reason I didn't and it was because I'm so far behind you. So I'm gonna <laughs> stick with my model and go with go with Buffalo in the game. Even though I don't like the pick, I'm probably gonna lose the pick, but this is one of the few ones that my model had different than you. Sure. Yeah. So you and, took it. Yeah. And I need to get more points. I need to get more catch up on games. I got yeah, you. I need to catch up. Um, well, hey, I don't think it's a bad pick. Um, so I've seen a lot of people calling for Buffalo to get a win here. Um, my model has Dallas winning. It's actually it's actually pretty close. And so I have a clutch quarterback factor built into my model. And, um, originally, you know, and this, we're talking going back earlier in the year, Josh Allen was in my clutch quarterback list. Dak Prescott was not. If I kept it under that, it would just barely give the edge to Buffalo. Uh, mm-hmm. but I can't keep Josh Allen in that clutch quarterback with all the turnovers he's had this year. And so even if I had them both out of the list, by knocking him out, it gives the edge to Dallas. If I added Dak to it because of how well he's been playing, it just makes the spread even bigger for Dallas. And so I got to take the Cowboys here, man. All right. Next, we have Philadelphia at Seattle. And in my model, this was close enough that I overrode my model on this one. And there's a okay. couple factors that led to me overriding my model. Um, first of all, it's a huge game for Philadelphia and their chances to win the division. If they win, if Philadelphia wins, Philadelphia has an 81% chance uh, winning their division. If they lose, it's about a 50-50 50-50 split. Top so a seed. A lot of pressure. Yeah, top seed. Um, if Philadelphia wins, they have a 44% chance of getting the number one seed overall, versus a 10% chance in the law in a loss. Uh, it's the same with with this with Seattle. It's 46% in a win to make the playoffs, 11% in a loss. Um, to make the playoffs, what the overriding factor in my and for me was, first of all, my model had it as a 20, 20 to nineteen victory by Philadelphia, so it was a close game. Yeah. Then you look into little intangible stuff that my model can't um, can't take into account, and one thing is, is Seattle has is thirteen and four on Monday Night Football under Pete Carroll. Okay. It's the since um two since 2010 it is the only one team has a better winning record 
our winning percentage is a 0.765 um, winning winning percentage for Seattle. Since 2010, only one team has a better winning percentage, which is um, Pittsburgh, who is 15 and three on Monday Night Football. Yeah, and it's in Seattle, so they're going to have it's the 12th man. It's in Seattle. They have the 12th. They have the 12th man. Um, Philadelphia has p- been playing shaky lately on the road, especially. Yeah. Um, and all that put together, it, I'm going to override my model and go with Seattle in the game. But it also hinges on who's playing quarterback for Seattle. Yeah, that's true. Um, I guess I assumed Gino would be back, that he was just going to be out for one week. But I haven't actually gotten the update on that. Exactly. Um, all right, yeah, so for me, my model's got Philly taking it by more than a touchdown. And, um, man, I, I like everything you said. I think it makes a compelling case for Seattle, but um, we got to have a little bit of variation here, and I'm, I'm just going to stick with my model anyhow, so I'm, I'm sticking with the Philly pick. All right. Then we're going to go to... A game that, that now this is actually no I'm sorry I I'm way out of order here unless we're way out of order here. But That's I, fine. Was this was this game flexed to Monday night? I, I don't know, dude. The, the whole the schedule here in our spreadsheet got like way jacked up. But it's like you said, it's not our fault. You know, we we put together the spreadsheet long ago. And the NFL's made plenty of changes to who's playing when. So, I before, before when, when we go when you talk about this next game, I'm gonna. I think that both the Sunday night game and Monday night game were flexed. Okay. So, should the NFL can. So. Yes, Monday night was flexed to Monday night, and I think the Sunday night game was flexed as well. Okay. And I think that's why. I don't know. I, I couldn't find it real quick. Oh, well. Um, because originally we had the Sunday night game as Baltimore at Jacksonville. Gotcha. Just got to be flexible. Yeah. So anyways, next up we have Baltimore at Jacksonville. Uh, I'm really down on Jacksonville and how they've been playing lately. And Baltimore, while they kind of struggled a little bit against the Rams um, and had to go to overtime. Like it can be explained away with, uh, with Lamar being injured, even though they put up 37 points and the Rams have actually been playing really good football as of late. Yeah. So that can kind of be explained away. Okay. So the Ravens is, this is, the actual actually is the Sunday night game. 
so the the Eagles were flexed to to Monday night, but this was actually the original Sunday night game. Okay. Uh, so so they last week uh, the Jaguars played the number one defense in the league. This week they played the number two defense in the league. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore also leads leads the league in sacks with forty nine, um, and Jacksonville is is going to be playing their fourth left tackle of the season and their third yeah. left guard because of injuries. Yeah, they've got offensive line issues big time. Yeah, big time. Um, in fact, Trevor Lawrence has been sacked thirty one times this season. Um, his career high in a season is 32. So he's he's going to easily get that because he'll probably be sacked a couple times this game. Uh, I'm looking for something good to to pull out on Jacksonville's side because my, my model had the game at 20 to 19. I'm sorry, 29 to 19 in in Baltimore's Baltimore's favor, and there's not much to say good about how Jacksonville's been playing lately. Um, they Jacksonville still has about an eighty percent shot either way. If they if they win this game, Jacksonville has a ninety five percent shot of winning the division. Where if in a loss is an eighty spot. Um, but either way, their hopes for a number one seed would be about 13% win or loss, um, where the Ravens, have it's, it's about the same for the Ravens, same, same swing, except for uh, if they win, it's a 68% chance of uh, getting the bye, where in a loss, it's a 30% chance for, for the Ravens. I just think the Ravens are the better team. I think the Ravens are the best team in the NFL this this season. Lamar Jackson is so far staying healthy, and he's played. And aside from his illness, which didn't really seem to hamper him too much in against the Rams, and I again, I, I just think Baltimore – Baltimore wins this one handily. Yeah. Yeah, see, I think it was encouraging that Jacksonville put up 27 against Cleveland's defense, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just I don't know that it's something that they can do week in and week out, especially when you pointed out how well Baltimore is at getting at the quarterback. Jacksonville has known offensive line problems. Um, you know, I just I got to take Baltimore, man. My model's just too heavily in their favor. All right, then we have the Chiefs at the Patriots, um, which was apparent, was originally the Monday night matchup for this week, from what my notes say. Okay. Yes. Yeah, right here. Um, this game was originally scheduled for Monday night football before becoming the first ever Monday night football game flexed to Sunday. Because Bill Belichick is sucking ass, and we just can't do this. <laughs> Um, apparently Bill, Bailey Zappi is going to play again for New England because Mac Jones can't play. It's a better shot for for Zapp, for Zapp, for the, for New England if Zappi plays versus Mac Jones. Based I on think what, they should put you know put Kansas City on upset notice. To be honest, because you know New England's defense is legit, mm-hmm. and Zappi has gotten their offense moving the ball, and so 
Um, you know, Kansas City should win. And I, I'm not saying I'm taking the Patriots because I'm definitely taking Kansas City. But uh, I, I, I don't think Kansas City should be comfortable at all in this game, especially the way the last two weeks played out for him. Oh, I agree with you. And actually, surprisingly, as much as I talk bad about New England, my model has this as a closer game than you would expect. It has okay. a 19, 19 to 10 victory for Kansas City. So I agree with you. Kansas City should be on upset alert. Um, if if New England loses this game, it, it doesn't really matter either way. They're not going to get the number one pick. They have... With in a loss, New England would have a four percent chance of getting the number one overall pick. Gotcha. Okay. But I believe Ramondae Street Stevenson is um, still out, and he's about the only player on the offense for New England that actually can play football. Yeah. Um, and also this season. Can this season New England is three three and ten against the spread. Okay. Hey, they got Hunter Henry still, right? But they gotta get somebody to get him the ball. <laughs> well, if you can't throw the ball to him, yeah. you can't you count can't count him Come as on, that play football. Um so they currently New England has currently has the worst cover percentage against the spread and in, in the NFL this season. And it this game doesn't bode well. Doesn't necessarily bode well for them. It's only a seven and a half point spread. My model has it as a nine point victory for the Chiefs, and I'm going to stick with that. Okay. Yeah, we both got Casey. Easy enough. All right. And then we have Atlanta at Carolina. Um, divisional game. It's a divisional game. There's not much to write home about. It's not going to be an offensive slugfest, to say the least. It's not going to be a defensive slugfest, to say the least, either. Two offenses that play really sloppy. Um, My model has one touchdown, two touchdowns scored in the entire game. Uh, It does not have Carolina scoring a touchdown. Uh, it has Atlanta scoring two touchdowns and a field goal and winning 17 to nine. Okay. Uh, there's nothing good to say about really say about either of these teams. It's a disappointing season for both of them. Like we said, the defense for Carolina has been playing good yards per game wise, but the offense just has not been doing shit. And as bad as the offense has been, um, it's a surprise that, um, Carolina is Carolina's defense is doing so well. Yeah. So I'm I'm on Atlanta. I I don't know. There's not much good to say. So no. Uh, and I'm I'm with you. I'm taking Atlanta as well. My models got a little bit closer. I got it as a three point spread, but you know part of that's because it's a divisional game. Part of that's because Carolina's defense is good. Um, but uh, but my heat map is mostly green for Atlanta. I think they find a way to squeeze it out just because, you know, Carolina can't do anything on offense. And Atlanta does have weapons. It's just, you know, give them enough time and they'll find a way to score on that defense. You know, I, I'm with you on that. And so I'm taking the, the Falcons here, too. Right. Then we have the um, Saturday afternoon game. Or morning, depending on where you are. And I'm glad, if I remember correctly, none of these 
four Saturday games are on streaming only because that would just <laughs> piss me the fuck off. Like yeah, the wild card game that's going to be on on Peacock only. I figured one of these games would would be on Peacock and I'd be forced to get a Peacock trial. But um, <laughs> first, first the Vikings at the Bengals, uh, two seven and six teams. Uh, Jake Browning has the, like the Bengals have won their last two games. But over the last eight games, the Vikings have allowed the fewest points per game at 15.3. Okay. Um, although the Bengals are 4-0 against the NFC teams they played this, this season so far uh, and have won eight straight against the NFC which is tied for the Ravens for the longest uh, active win streak against non-conference opponents and tied for the longest streak in um, Bengals history. I don't think they get nine. Um, I, I'm hesitantly on the Vikings. I have it as a 20 to 16 victory for the Vikings, which kind of my model kind of lines up with the fact that, that the Vikings have a lot 15.3 points per game over their last eight games. Um, I think just like it's not going to be as much of an offensive ex- explosion for Minnesota, but just like, just like Vegas last night um, after that dismal performance last week, Minnesota is going to come out to prove something yeah. and they're, they're, they'll, they'll win the game. They'll put up 20 points instead of three, instead of 700 or whatever. Yeah. Um, was scored last night, 63, but I think Minnesota still wins the wins the game in a close game. I gotcha. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I agree that they're going to want to come back and rally off of that weak offensive performance. Um, but for me, I like what Browning's been doing since he came back in. I think he breathed new life into the Bengals, and um, you know they've got weapons all around him on offense. And their defense, we know, has been solid for a few years now. My heat map, it's kind of staggered with Minnesota. I thought it would have been more in favor of Cincinnati, just kind of going from the gut. But they kind of trade back and forth and zigzag down a little bit. Um, But I still have Cincinnati winning by almost four points in my model. And so I'm going to stick with that, man. All right. Then we have – we're going to jump back to Sunday – and then we'll go go back to the other Saturday games. We have the Bears at the Browns. Um, so I think this game against the uh, the Brown uh, Browns will be a better game for Justin Fields. The last time Justin Fields played the Browns, uh, Miles Garrett had almost as many sacks as Justin Fields had completions. Uh, Miles Garrett had four and a half sacks the last time uh, Fields played the Browns while Fields had six completions. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and I'm sure Chicago's offensive line is a little better now, mm-hmm. you know, but still, that that's not good. So It isn't. It, it's not good at all. Uh, so... My model actually has this as a, as, as a super close game. I was surprised as actually how close my model had this. It had a 14 to 12 victory for um, for Cleveland. Uh, it will br- 
I think this game will break the three-game streak that Fields has of at least one touchdown. Um, and who? Because Fields Fields has 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 had three touchdowns. He had one one touchdown in each of his last three games since he returned from the in- injury. He has 609 passing yards, uh, three passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdowns in in the last three games, which which is good. He's he's showing showing stuff. But you also have to look at the teams they played. Yeah. One of them was against Detroit, who struggles against yep. Chicago for for some reason. The run, the it's the mobile, mobile quarterback, quarterback, man. Mobile yeah. quarterback kills them, and the defense for Detroit leaves a lot to desire. That's one of them. But I think in the Joe Flacco versus Justin Fields battle, I think Joe Flacco wins this one. Another interesting sack is Joe Flacco has thrown at least one interception in each of his last two starts. Okay. Yeah, and Chicago's defense has been on a tear for a little while now. So yeah. they could they could give him a fight. Um but yeah, no, I mean I it's hard for me to figure out where to rate Flacco, right? Because mm-hmm. he's not played in a while and he didn't play well at all when he was with the Jets. And so um, but I, I still love the Cleveland defense and I got to put them at least like middle of the pack based off of last week. And so, uh, that has me with Cleveland winning by at least six points. And so I'm, I'm good with that just out of how streaky Chicago's been and how good that Cleveland defense has been. All right. Then we have the Broncos at the Lions. Big time game here. It's a big time game for the Lions. These two teams, the Lions have been struggling lately. Basically, since the Chicago game, they played one good quarter of football, um, maybe two. Yeah. And and the Lions are at nine and four, where the Broncos have played mostly good football over the last what was that four games, and um. I they think Denver's most... Denver's been good five out of six, right? Yeah, so... or six it's... out of seven. Yeah, something ridiculous like that. Denver, these these teams seem to be going in opposite directions. Where Denver's Denver seems to be putting it together, and the um, the flaws for Detroit are being exposed. highlighted, yeah. exposed even even greater. Um, with that said. My model actually has Denver winning the game twenty-seven to seventeen. Oh, gotcha. I don't want to pick against the Lions, especially in such a big game. It's 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 it's, it's a prime time game and at Ford prime- Field. At Ford Field, which that's the recipe for the Lions to have a good game. In primetime at Ford Field on a nationally televised game, they play well. Um, on Thanksgiving, early in the day, they don't they play shit well. The bed. <laughs> they shit the bed. Um, I think that continues, and I'm going to override my model and pick Detroit in the game. But I'm going to say that I wouldn't be surprised yeah. Denver does pull the game out. No, I, I agree with you. You know, you broke it down well by talking about them being on different trajectories. I think that's the best way to put it. Denver's rising. 
Detroit's kind of sputtering out right now. Uh, but I think Detroit knows they got to get their shit in gear. It's a home game. If it's going to happen, this is the time to do it. Um, my model's got Detroit winning by two and a half. I'm sticking with it. And, and I think I, it could go either way with these teams. But, um, you know, it's the first time in many, many years where I've been able to back Detroit. And so I got to do it as much as I can here, man. I got you. It's kind of the same, same with me. Like, I, I'm, and I'm, I'm just hesitant to pick against the Lions because I don't want to put that, that karma out. Some bad juju. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then we have the last game of the weekend, which is actually the second game of the weekend. Um, the Steelers at the Colts. Yeah, what do you, what do you, I don't know, dude. How, how do you, uh, it's just, this is, yeah, I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> the Steelers have won eight consecutive games against the Colts in regular season and playoffs. Um, it began in 2011 with the Colts' last win coming in 2008 with uh, under Peyton Manning. Uh Tomlin was hired for hired for Pittsburgh in 2007. He was 8-1 and against the Colts. And a lot of those 8-1, a lot of that 8-1 and is against Peyton Manning. Okay. <sighs> While I'm really down on Pittsburgh. Really, really down on Pittsburgh this year. I'm not as down on the Colts. Um, my model has it as a 21 to 20 victory for Pittsburgh. And I've been toying with overriding my model in this game because of where I see. But from what I'm reading, uh, TJ Watt is out of concussion protocol. So he should be good to go for the game, and I think that makes a difference for Pittsburgh's defense. It, yeah. While it's it might be a slight difference, it's still it's still a difference for Pittsburgh's defense, and I think Pittsburgh will pull the game out. But that that said, I still wouldn't be surprised if the um, if the Colts won the game. But I'm going to go with Pittsburgh in the game with my model. I got you. Yeah, my model has Pittsburgh winning, but I. I just don't trust it because offensively Pittsburgh's done nothing all year. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, these are ones where the model, it's kind of like we were talking earlier with Houston. It's like sometimes the model doesn't reflect what's going on. And Pittsburgh is not living up to the model, whereas Indianapolis is overperforming the model. And, um, you know, as much as I tweak it or whatever, I'm not going to like get it to flip unless I do some really crazy shit, but mm-hmm. it's just like what I see on the field between these two teams is telling me, uh, I got to go with Indy here. And so I'm taking the Colts, man. All right. And then we're to the Thursday night game, which is the saints at the Rams. I mean, there's not much to say this. The Rams have been playing good lately. I'm really down on the Saints. I'm starting to get back on the Rams um, bandwagon. We've talked about it with the Rams, with their offensive, key offensive players staying healthy. It's a much better team 
than it is if they're they're missing one of those one of those players. Um, with the Saints, um, the Saints are just inept this year. I I the only reason I picked them for Sunday to win is because they're playing the Giants, yeah, who are even more inept this year. So for next Thursday, I'm gonna take the Rams. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you, dude. I'm taking the I'm taking the Rams. I know I just like you know got distracted there for a second, but um, the yeah. Oh, well, I gotta here. Let what? Me just... Hold on, hold on. Yeah, what's up? This is breaking news. Uh oh. Might have to go back and change a pick. Okay. The Chargers have named an interim head coach. Brian Flores, the defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. What? Holy shit. Well, good for Flores. Um, That's a strange thing, right? You don't usually see him pluck a a coach from another team midseason like that. He will coach against the Bengals on Saturday and leave the team and take over the Chargers. This is the first time a team has named an active coordinator on an opposing team as an interim head coach. Wow. Yeah, you would you would think that there wow. would be complications to that because of the contract situation, right? Yeah, you would think so too. I I but but I don't think the team can block it because of the whole minority hiring oh yeah and they wouldn't thing. want to anyhow but yeah you know it does put them at a disadvantage though because now they're losing their coordinator who's yeah. been really good for them yeah i i sorry i don't didn't mean to interrupt. no it's cool it's cool i'm taking the rams we don't need to get into it but um yeah i i'm not going to change my picks based off of that but i you know, maybe maybe in future weeks as I see yeah. Flores get his feet under him, you know? Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to see if like how did how was how does that happen? They're making history. I think that was a really smart move by the Chargers. Oh, it's a it's a Flores, great yeah. move by the by the Chargers. I th- so this is gonna go into question of the week, so we might as well go there to question question of the week. Yeah. All right. You, well, yeah. So I'll just I'll throw it out there and I'll let you kind of take the ball and run with it. But yeah, for question of the week, you know, I'm just asking, uh, were the Bolts right to fire Brandon Staley midseason? And I'm asking that because. We've asked that pretty much every time there's been a midseason coaching change um, because sometimes it's like a team makes a guy a fall guy. Sometimes it seems premature, sometimes whatever. There's always a lot of reasons behind it, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. Um, And so, yeah, James, why don't you give me your two cents on what's going on with the Chargers and Brandon Staley and all that that stuff? Okay, so I I, I was hoping you – Oh, you want me to go first? You okay. would go first because sure. I'm trying. I'm trying yeah. to to 
verify. Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's nothing crazy on my end. You know that I am not a Brandon Staley fan. Uh, there was a lot of hype when he got hired because he was supposedly like the defensive guru for the Rams in like whatever the one year he was the defensive coordinator. And uh, the Chargers defense has sucked despite having a lot of talent at a lot of different levels. And that drove me nuts with Brandon Staley because it's like, look, man, if you're that good, why is your team better on offense than it is on defense? Um, and it just, he just never found a way to improve it. Uh, you had obviously the complicit tie thing with the Raiders, which was all messed up. Um, but, it, you know, at the end of the day, the results just were never there. And to me, he got lucky as fuck that Herbert ended up being so good. Otherwise, he would have been fired a long, long time ago because Herbert has been like one of the top quarterbacks in the league, basically saving his ass. But even then, it, you know, you've you've got that jackpot on offense and you're still so bad on defense. It just um, he should have been fired a long time ago. The midseason stuff I always think is interesting because it's almost kind of like as a team. Hey, man, you made your bed. Now you kind of got to lay in it. You know, you're only a couple weeks away from the end of the season. I could have seen them riding him out because it's done for them. They're they're not going to make the playoffs. Herbert's out for the season. It's almost like let him finish it out because why are you going to drag somebody else through the mud in the process? But uh, at the end of the day, it had to happen, man. Okay, so I have been trying to verify it through other sources, and it might be a rogue report. Okay. On that, it might be somebody trying to punk us. Oh, punk shit. Me. Well, that would suck. Um, because I'm not finding anything else on it. Okay. And I, I, I now can't find that report that I found. Oh, so maybe it was just like a fucking random tweet or some shit. So I'm... Uh, so I'm showing Joe Shad on Twitter or X, whatever they call it, saying Brian Flores is mentioned as the Chargers head coach, but um, it doesn't say that it's happening. So, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. Sports Illustrated, it's saying. This is 10 hours ago. The Chargers could target. Oh, wait. No, that's not what it says. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, see, see, I'm not finding finding anything else. Um... <sighs> well, it'd be sweet if it happened. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It was it was it a rogue report or because <sighs> I'm not finding it. anyways. Um, so yeah, Joe Shad mentioned as a candidate. Uh,
But I'm not finding. Let me. I'm just glancing because. Let me see what Adam Schefter. Yeah, Sports Illustrated saying Kellen Moore could be the interim coach. I mean, that that's obviously because he's their offensive coordinator. He's in-house. And then they're looking at Derek Ansley, their defensive coordinator. You know, those are obvious picks. But, yeah, then it, then it says Flores, but they're looking at Flores, I think. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, they're saying they could look outside the organization and bring in Flores as the okay. interim coach. The best pick for them would be Brian. Would be Brian Flores. The yeah. where it fell apart with Miami with Brian Flores is because he, wait, he wanted to draft Justin Herbert over to a tongue of He got overruled, and that's where it started to fall apart for him, for him in Miami. In addition to that. Did they did they make a mistake by firing Brandon Staley midseason, or is it is it too early? Should they wait at the end of the season? They should have fired Brandon Staley immediately after he said, "You know what, Raiders? It's great that you're playing for the tie. I want the win. Yeah. Timeout." And didn't make the playoffs. Then last year, at the end of the season, at the end of the season, the playoffs they collapsed. Did they make the playoffs last year, or is it the last game of the season? They lost. I know they lost to Jacksonville like week week seventeen and collapsed against Jacksonville. And I can't remember if they made the playoffs last year. I'm pretty sure they did. And then they fucking did didn't do shit. Um, then you have so many instances throughout this season, throughout this season, where. I will use the phrase. He didn't know how to coach his way out of the yeah. paper bag. I was saying he should have been fired last year during the season. Yeah. I was saying he should have been fired the previous year during the season. The entire time we've been doing the show, I've been saying they need a new yeah. head coach. Did they did they fire him too early? No. They held no, on no, to no. him way too fucking long. No, yeah, I guess I guess I wasn't meaning to say was it too too early, but was it right to do it mid season with just a couple weeks left? Uh, they should because, have done it two yeah, years ago. I no, I agree. I agree. It should have happened a long time ago. So yeah, fuck him. He's out. Hopefully they get a good coach and Herbert can have some glory because they they still have a lot of talent on that team, mm-hmm. man. And I. Don't know. I can't even find the report that I it disappeared on you. You need yeah. a hacker to go and find it in the internet because it's out there somewhere, James. <sighs> That's really annoying to, for me that I said it and didn't vet it. You got bamboozled. No, it could happen, dude. It could it could happen. But anyways, so I can't believe that they they held on to him for as long as they did. Yeah. It, it should have made no sense. A couple it weeks made ago. no sense to hang on to him that long. Probably should have happened a couple of weeks ago. It didn't. They fired him. 
they finally came to their senses. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's all good, man. It was time. It was it was overdue. Um, all right. Well, yeah. So you know, for tonight, dude. Um, I know you're still digging there, but you got any closing thoughts before I wrap it up here? I don't think so. I'm gonna probably spend way too much time trying to find the rogue <laughs> yeah. report. That's okay. Well, hey, listen. Let's wrap it up. Anybody who's watching, we hope you like the show. Uh, if you did, throw us a like. James gave you like the easiest possible layup for name that stadium. If you want to get in on that action and uh, question of the week, you know, we're always looking for people to make comments and get engaged with us. And uh, otherwise, yeah, hit that subscribe button and check us out. Check us out again next week. All right. Peace out. <laughs> See you, How are you going? Gridiron grinder. Hut, hut, hike. <laughs>